Da-da-dun-dun-dun! Welcome back to Unwatchable. I am your host, Chloe Rodriguez, and we have a very special Valentine's Day episode for you guys. It is our month of love here on Unwatchable, and to celebrate, we are bringing back guests that we have had on before who are friends of the show, who I just love talking to. And today is no exception. I have a guest here today who I hold in very high regard. She was on um, the Mummy episode, if you guys haven't listened to that. Highly recommend it. We sat down and dissected the classic 1999 version of the Mummy. And uh, we're maybe a little bit over the top with our love <laughs> for that movie. Uh, it's Shayna Woods, you guys. Girl, you are so sweet. You're so good to me. Everything that you just said goes same times a million for you. I love hanging out and I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here for the Valentine's Day episode. We got donuts. We have we were supposed to have wine, but I guess neither of us thought that. Oh, I drank it all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're doing a very special episode today, you guys. We're going to talk all about the rom-com, obviously. I mean, the obvious choice for a Valentine's Day episode. Um, we have our list of rom-coms that we want to talk about. And at the end, we are going to be officially crowning the king and queen of rom-coms. So... We should just hop into it. Let's, Let's get it going. So when I was looking at a list of rom-coms to talk about, I was kind of struck by the way that romantic comedies have developed throughout the years. Um, in the 1930s and 40s, you kind of saw the development of the screwball comedy, which is kind of a subgenre. It's basically like a slapsticky comedy version. We have like Bringing Up Baby... Um, this also like went on into like the 50s and the 60s with some like it hot. And then when we got into the 80s and the 90s, we're getting kind of those like Nora Ephron style, like serious rom-coms like Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally. Um, and then, of course, when we're getting into kind of our childhoods, like the 90s and the 2000s, that's when you're getting like the cheesy, more like low budget romantic comedies. Love like, it. Yeah, like the, um, like the Wedding Planner or The Wedding Singer. That's on my list. 50 First Dates. Um, I think when people think romantic comedies, this is kind of the, the era that they think about. That's right what I went for. And then nowadays, we're kind of getting... We get a lot of play onto the traditional romantic comedies. A lot of them have developed into more of a dramedy style, like a mix of comedy and drama um, and I actually have a lot on my list that are like that you see that with some movies we're going to be talking about later like um, Crazy Stupid Love or The Big Sick kind of a play on the traditional romantic comedy that you might picture Hmm. I wonder and I wish you know I, maybe we can do a part two to this episode because now I'm bringing maybe up something that I could have done more research on but I wonder and I know The Big Sick was was not written by a woman, um, but... Well, it was co-written by one. By his wife? Yeah. Oh, then okay there. I wonder if we're seeing more depth because we're seeing more women in the writer's room. That's an interesting point. I would have to go back and look at this list of um, writers, but I feel like in general, 
like in modern time a lot of comedies have started to screw towards like drama as well like I agree yeah it's so hard to like categorize even some shows because people like to throw in like a mix you know what I I'm glad you brought this up because I've always been like slightly bothered by this I feel like a lot of shows are like miss like miscategorized or like like yes definitely remember how when Orange is the New Black came out it won a bunch of awards for like best comedy or something. Yes, and you're like, um, I cried. Yeah, and then like a few years later, they were like, oh fuck, and then they changed it to, to put them in the drama category. Like, yeah, and I, you're like, no, you. Mm. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I feel like, I mean, this is a total side tangent, but I feel like whenever a drama has like a semblance of a joke in it, people are like, oh, it's a comedy, and I'm like, no, there's just such a thing as fucking comic relief in a drama no I totally agree yeah that happens all the time especially with streaming services Mm -hmm. and that's why you get like such a hodgepodge of like oh we have uh these like dramedies like orange is the new black and transparent in the same category for this award show yeah as like modern family yeah like completely different I would love to delve into this deeper because I I actually feel sometimes like a frustration when I can't pin down a show and I feel like it's such a me issue or like <laughs> that I, I part of me is like oh Shayna let that go and let this like be what it is <laughs> like let the child be what they who they are you know and then at the same time like the other devil on my shoulder is like no they it has to like it's not fitting the format you know ah, I got you you're not you're yeah. you're not doing this and like that's a really interesting topic yeah thanks I'm a very interesting you person. are so interesting <laughs> wow oh my god we're just so in love we're just so in love I um <laughs> I love I love how everything we've discussed has been like that's a really great topic for another episode. <laughs> I feel like that's all we've discussed so Mostly far. That's as why other things we could discuss. I have to continuously have you back on this show. Please do. You're gonna be my unofficial. Co-host. I will be more prepared. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of prepared, we both came in with a list of movies that we want to talk about. Um, when I was constructing this list personally. I found that I don't gear as much towards like a traditional like I not to sound insulting but maybe like cheesier rom-com. I like rom-coms that are more of like a subgenre, so either like a dramedy, romantic comedy or um even like a like a musical or a parody or something that kind of plays onto it. I do have a lot on my list that aren't necessarily traditional style rom-coms. I think um, that's awesome because I'm a little like this is one that I'm not as I, I like the traditional ones because mm-hmm. I like I I'm I'm that's how I am about different movies and then I'll come to rom coms and I feel like for me it's a bit of an escape and I like it to fit in a box yeah and so I was I was actually so interested to to hear your taste in it so I want to hear your your list oh okay um well I'll just kickstart us off with let's see. <laughs> okay, so I can, I think that this is a rom-com, although it could be considered borderline a drama. Uh, 500 Days of Summer. Oh 
my god, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, you haven't seen that movie? I'm oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, it's so good. I have heard that people would tell me that I would like it, and I I mm-hmm. like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, can you tell me some of the structural things that you think make it fit into a rom com? Yes. Okay. So this is like a this is like a dramedy, romantic comedy. But the reason that I categorize it as such is because it's entirely centered around a relationship. The whole point of the movie is the relationship between Tom, the lead character played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Summer, played by Zoe Deschanel. Um, and it's basically going through their whole relationship, but just out of chronological order. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so we're like skipping ahead to like, there's been a, like, we're seeing the like the happy like honeymoon phase of their relationship and then we'll skip to another scene that takes forward into the future and you're seeing like when their relationship is going downhill Mm. so you're kind of getting like the juxtaposition between like oh like the happy fun times we're going to see this movie and like we're going to ikea and running around and having fun and goofing around and then the next scene they're doing the exact same thing but there's like a level of tension Mm. to it and like a level of like you can tell that she's dissatisfied with the relationship Mm -hmm. um and the really interesting about this movie because i've seen this movie so many times and i catch something new every time okay um i think a lot of people are originally turned off to this film the first time they see it because they don't find um the the character of summer to be like a very kind person or generally like relatable she's kind of like a manic pixie dream girl in this movie okay she's kind of like the idealized version of a woman in this guy's head and she tells him consistently throughout the movie like we're together but we're not together like i'm not your girlfriend this isn't a relationship Hmm. but then funny but then they're doing things that like a couple in a relationship would be doing um and i think like when i was younger and i first watched this movie my inclination was to be like, this girl is so stupid. Like, she's saying one thing, but she's doing another, and, like, she's inconsistent, and I don't like her, and blah, blah, blah. But then, as I've watched it more, you start to like her more and the lead male character less. I think that's really interesting that you say that because I feel like a lot of times in romantic comedies and throughout, like, any of the subgenres, um the girls if they're not idealized get way less sympathy and yeah. and the the guy can be so much more varied or get away with so more so much more but if the girl isn't sympathetic and if you can't like relate to her yeah um and if she's not doing enough to be you know cute or sweet yeah then you then you can't relate to the movie whereas if the guy is not doing enough to be there for her yeah then you're pulled in because like you're chasing and I, that's it's that's an inter- just an interesting point that you make in yeah. terms of connecting with her um more the more times that you watch it and the older that you get yeah i don't want to spoil the ending for you so <clears throat> i won't uh i'll watch it i won't get into it but I will say it is a movie where, like, the characters are so, like, I, I would say that the characters have so much depth and there's so much depth to the story 
that that's why it's really hard to pin down like why do I dislike this character but I'm on board with this one and what and now why do I like this character more and now I'm switching everything Mm -hmm. I believed the first time I watched this Hmm. now I'm switching my opinion that's really intriguing because the, the thing that is interesting to me in this movie is that like in real life things aren't like black and white and it's not just like oh this person's a jerk and this person's good and I think this movie plays into that well of being like no they're both fully like formed people and maybe they're just not like maybe the situation is just them together maybe it's not them individually so it's it's I yeah. highly recommend it yeah um and then another one on my list before I switch it over to you I'm gonna go towards a more classic uh rom-com and when I'm looking at rom-coms that came out in the 90s and the early 2000s um I think those movies tend to have more of like a flat line of like, this is the female character. She's a generic, good-looking female character. This is the male character. He's a generic, <laughs> good-looking male character. Yes. And you're not as much invested in the characters as you just are in like, are they going to get together or are they not? Like, I don't really care about their personalities. I just want to believe <laughs> in it. love. Yeah. Do it. I just, I just love love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um. That's kind of how I feel about the movie 13 Going on 30. I was going to watch that. Oh my God. That was, I was going to watch that, yes. This is, um, if I ever want to watch a romantic comedy that will entertain me, but I don't have to use my brain that much, I can just like sit back and relax and enjoy it. This is definitely that movie. Um, it, I mean, I'm sure like the premise is super simple. This girl... She's 13. She makes a wish that she can be 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> and then she wakes up the next day and she's 30 years old. And she's basically getting a glimpse into who she'll become in the future. Um, and then goes off and tracks down her like old friend from high school who had a crush, or I guess middle school, who had a crush on her. But she didn't see any romantic potential in him. Let's see if that changes now that she's 30, flirty, and thriving. (laughs) Um, I love Jennifer Garner. I think she's freaking precious. She is. Like, she's so adorable. She is so sweet. I, like, I never paid attention to her, like, outside of acting. Like, I never paid attention to who she is as a person. And I feel like recently there's been, like, a lot of videos of her circulating on the internet. And she seems like such a sweet person. Oh, she's darling. Like, she, um... Yeah, no, I follow her on Instagram and she's like, look at this chicken I own. And it's yeah. just like the most precious videos of her. <laughs> and like, um, side uh, side tangent, like, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, you should have been better to her. Honestly, like, how, who could not fall in love with Jennifer Garner? I don't yeah, understand Yeah, it. no, she's, that's, I know, I wish I had, um watched that but I watched Bridget Jones Diary instead (laughs) because I just I love that movie Mm -hmm. um anyways now I'm gonna start talking about Bridget Jones Diary because I already started talking about it but like speaking of people who are adorable um I I'm gonna flip over my phone because I don't need to see that messages just came through from stupid people um I think Renee Zellweger is so cute and Mm -hmm. honestly like Actually, she just won the Oscar for Best Actress, so I can't really say, like, she slept on. But, like, (laughs) she just doesn't get enough appreciation maybe from just, like, my friend group. Because Uh even though she won the Oscar, like, nobody talks about how 
talented she is. Yeah. Like, did you see her in Chicago? She can sing and dance at oh, the yeah. same time. <laughs> like, and it, she's just so, and it's so funny how, like, it, I mean, like, she gained, what, 30 pounds for that? And she is thin in that movie. And she's supposed to not be thin in that movie. And, like, anyway, but, um, the, the, I, yeah, so Bridget Jones' Diary for me is definitely one of those like safe romantic comedies. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to turn out well. You can kind of turn off your brain. I think in terms of romantic comedies, it is maybe not quite as dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because it's more of like a British comedy, so it's a little bit more like cheeky and smart. Um, I would say it's a. I would say it's definitely a little bit smarter than like the Wedding Planner, mm-hmm. like the Jennifer Lopez one. I would say it's a little smarter than yeah. like those types. Um, What's the general premise? I haven't seen Bridget Jones's. You haven't seen no. it? <gasps> oh my god! We're just giving each other movies. Oh to my watch. god! Oh, it's oh, it's so cute. So it's this girl. Um, she's working in a publishing house and she, um, I'm trying to think of like what is a spoiler and what's not. She's working in this publishing house and she's, um, single and just kind of feeling like total spinster and her, she goes to this holiday party at her like parents house and of course like everyone's just like how's your love life oh you know whatever and her parent her mom is like trying to set her up with some guy who uh, that she apparently like used to the joke is like oh you ran around naked in in his like paddling pool or whatever and so it's like this embarrassing thing and she immediately doesn't like this guy and they just like no chemistry or whatever and then um she one day um starts kind of like sending these flirty messages with her boss Mm -hmm. and then they kind of start a romantic thing and then it turns out that her boss previously knew this guy that she like was introduced to and whatever I feel like I'm not doing a good job of explaining it but it's it's kind of this like back and forth between the three of them and like the the chemistry and like the, a love the triangle. Ju- yeah, it's a bit of a like love triangle between her chemistry between the three like the two men. Um but the thing that is um that this movie does really well and that I feel like romantic comedies and even the wedding singer I'm looking at my list does this so well that is like the romantic comedy thing is the weight, the back and forth, the mm-hmm. circumstances that never let you get there. So like the the pat the ships passing in the night. So like yeah. this person is single, but this person is not. And then this person is single, but this person is not. And they're so meant to be together. And they're gonna be together. And then they're yeah. both single, but they hate each other. And then like they realize that they love each other, but he's going to America and she's you know what I mean? Like yeah. that is what all like my favorite romantic comedies have in common and like one hit one the first time I saw when Harry met Sally I swear to god like halfway through I was like oh my god are you serious like like that movie does it I I feel like the best well let's talk about when Harry met Sally yeah please do yeah well we both have this on our list yeah so we can both talk about it um when Harry met Sally is I believe the best 
romantic comedy ever made. I think um, I think that not only is it just a good movie in of itself, it doesn't have to be formulaic, but I think it almost set the standards for the rom-com formula in a way. Um, and I think like it just has everything. There's great chemistry between Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah. Um, you have a compelling story, but the story is built on friendship. And I think a lot of times in modern day romantic comedies or a romantic comedy that's not as fleshed out, to me, a big problem with those movies is that you don't really see what the characters see in each other. They're just kind of like, oh, I think you're attractive. I think you're attractive. Oh, we both like snow cones. Yeah, here's Great. here's one so nugget. We're, yeah, we're yes. destined to be together. Yes. I, I think that happens all the time in rom-coms in a way that it just seems manufactured. But with, with um, When Harry Met Sally, you're seeing them as friends. You're seeing them like... Uh, uh, they do so much talking in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, all they do is just, like, talk, 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 which is a huge, like, I mean, if we're boiling down, like, real life, that's what yeah. a relationship is. It's just two people who could talk to each other forever, yeah. pretty much. Um, so when Harry Met Sally does a great job um, of being realistic, being funny, being heartwarming, um, and I just, it's a movie that I could watch over and over again. I watch it when I'm sad. I watch it when I'm, like, happy. Oh, it's my just, God. It just perks me up. Um, and I think a, a big part of that is because it was such a collaborative effort between um, between Billy Crystal, who was in it, contributed stuff, as well as uh, Nora Ephron, the writer, and um, Rob Reiner, who directed it, and even Meg Ryan, like, put in input as well like they all kind of worked together to create it so that it was pulled from elements of all of their real lives and I think that's what makes it so much more grounded in reality um and if you uh if you ever go to New York you can go to the deli where they filmed the famous uh orgasm scene ah that's so cool I've is there, there like something in the booth like does it come is there like a little plaque that's like I'll have what she's having. Yeah, there's a, there's a little sign with an arrow pointing down that says, um, like, this is where she sat or something. Like, oh, my God. That's so cool. And I've, I've been there and I've sat in that chair before. That's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. That's amazing. I you I feel like there is sometimes, there's just, like, that special feeling to a movie um, where it just does come together. The chemistry, not only between, like, of course, oh my god, they had such great chemistry, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, but just, like, where the crew, it just works. It just all worked. And it just was, like, the timing, like, in everybody's life. Like, is serendipity the right word? Is that the word I'm thinking of? Where, like, it just was the right timing. It all worked. Yeah. And it happened and it was magic, you know? Like, that's one of those movies. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think that a lot of people would agree with you that that was a standard setter. There's also, there's also that amazing scene where they're each, like, they don't want to have feelings for each other, so they each set the other person up with their friend. And then, oh. and then Carrie Fisher, and then I don't remember who plays um, Billy Crystal's friend. But then they're like way more into each other than they're into the other. I can't person. remember who that is. I forget what he is, but I, I love that scene so much where 
<laughs> where Harry is like, okay, like, I know you're maybe not that interested in Sally, but, like, don't don't break her heart tonight because, like, she needs this. And then <laughs> she needs this. And then Carrie Fisher is talking to Sally, and she's like, I'm not really into Harry, but I like his friend. And she's like, okay, well, don't do anything tonight because Harry needs this. And then they just, like, both, like, run off and split a cab. So cute. <laughs> Which is, uh, I love that scene. <laughs> All right, you have, um, I feel like I interrupted your list, but... I did have, well, I mean, I had The Big Sick, which I thought was oh, like yeah. such a good movie and one of my newer movies because I, I feel like, like I mentioned before, this is one of my more safer genres. Like with other stuff, I, I, I mean, I'm not a big like weird movie person. Like, for example, I, I didn't like, like Eraserhead. I'm not in, I, I don't love weird for the sake of weird. Um, although I do like interesting and out there movies and this and that but in terms of rom-com I I like safe I like Notting Hill for example yeah um you know stuff like that um so my movies really were like Bridget Jones Diary Wedding Singer Big Sick um well why don't we look at the Big Sick since we both have it on our list okay so what made you think of the Big Sick when you were compiling a list of must-see rom-coms um, that one I just thought it was like so, it was just so sweet. Mm-hmm. Like it was so, um, such a caring like movie. And I think it, that also came from, um, you know, when you're with someone for a short time and you go through something big mm-hmm. and you're just you're there for them was a really big um I hadn't seen that in a rom-com before and maybe I haven't seen that many and maybe there there are other ones that deal with that but that was what struck me is um somebody who didn't ditch out yeah somebody who um was was there for a darker time and manned up and um you know it's it's a that's a deeper part of a relationship yeah i think um so this movie was written by uh kumal nanjiani and then his real life wife emily gordon and it's based off of their actual like yeah love that, that story. really happened yeah um and i think that's part of the reason that this movie is so good is it's kind of like when harry met sally in that it has elements of real life and like I find, like, I would much rather root for, like, a complicated, like, realism than just, like, made-up perfection mm-hmm. because that's not, like, it, it's more relatable. Um, and if you guys haven't seen this movie, I'm pretty sure it's available on Amazon because it was produced by Amazon. Um, but it's essentially um, Kumail Nanjiani is... Basically, his parents are trying to set him up with a Pakistani woman um, and trying to do like an arranged marriage type of thing. And then he meets this woman who he actually really does like, but she happens to be white. And it's kind of a, there's kind of like a, an underlying issue of like, do, should I just like do what my family wants to do and like stick to my culture or should I do what I want to do and like follow my heart? And 
then it's like even further complicated because the person that he like wants to be with is essentially comatose for like most of the movie and is undergoing like this huge illness and so he kind of like and he has to face her family yeah. without being introduced to them by her yeah which is also crazy like that that was another thing that i i lo- loved like how to introduce yourself to this person's family yeah. The parents are so good in that movie. Holly Hunter and Ray Romano I know. are like the best part. They are I love Holly Hunter. So, oh, she's amazing. I just adore her. This movie made me fall in love with Ray Romano and I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> Actually, yeah. His movie career lately is He was really good great. in this. Yeah. He was awesome. The, uh, you know what? I was watching the Oscars and I was like, uh, they they're like, and now Ray Romano and Sandra Oh. And I was like, okay, Ray Romano? Like, what the? And I was like, oh, the Irishman. Oh, right, right, right. Like, I, I totally forgot. He's nailing it. He's nailing it, yeah. Um, Going into, like, some classic rom-coms that people might think of, I have Miss Congeniality on this list. Yes, I love that movie. (gasps) My baby girl. She's a treasure. She's in the running for me for uh, rom-com queen. You know what? Yes. She's amazing. She's so fucking hot in this movie, too. Oh, God, yes. That reveal when she, like... They have her, like, on that 24-hour, like, makeover cycle, and she hasn't slept Uh, or eaten anything, and then she comes uh, out in that, like, periwinkle dress. What's the song? Um, Oh, fuck. I I have the wrong song stuck in my head. Like, Cherry Bomb or something? Yeah, and no, I have the wrong song stuck in my head, and now I can't do it. Uh, Someone a woman. Oh, that reveal, I'm like, (laughs) And then she's like, don't talk to me. I haven't slept. (laughs) I love that movie. Oh That's my God. a great movie. And you know what? I just realized something I didn't write down and I had on my list was 10 Things I Hate About You, which I just watched. Oh, yeah. I love that movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that one. For once, we have movies that we've seen. That we've both, we've both seen. seen. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great movie. Um, my reason for picking this congeniality is that I think it's like a rom-com that came out in that time where... They were either, like, really bad or, like, surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And I think Miss Congeniality is, like, genuinely really funny. Yeah, it and, is. And, like, take away the romantic side of it, and I still think it's, like, great. Yeah, yes. Like, even if it, this was just a movie about... I mean, this isn't what the point of the movie was, but even if this was a movie about some FBI lady, like, finding her groove and getting confidence and, like in feminism or whatever like even if it had nothing to do with like the romantic side i'd still be like this movie holds up yes and can i try to drop a little nugget and try to sound really smart yes i think that movie i have to remember and watch it again passes the bechdel oh the bechdel test the bechdel test Mm -hmm. and it's two women talking about not a man at some point in that movie so go miss congeniality (laughs) yay can I, you know what? I'm going to drop another truth bomb. Okay. It's not going to make me sound smart. Okay. I didn't like Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, really? I finally watched it and I just didn't really give a crap. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I like Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. I find her to be so beautiful and just graceful and floating on a beautiful yeah. cloud of loveliness constantly, and of course. But like... I think if there was any person in the history of the world who hasn't farted (laughs) 
it was probably her. <laughs> like, no, she definitely hasn't. Farted, I don't think she ever. Ever. Had. She ever never in her pooped. Life. No, she never for sure. Pooped. She never farted. For sure. I don't think she. Her and Kim Jong Un have never pooped or farted. <laughs> her <laughs> hands were probably like so soft you would just slip right off. Like she's oh, like my perfect God. specimen. Oh my god! I've just <laughs> like for sure. I saw breakfast at Tiffany's a few years ago, and. It was a situation where I got to see it on like a full theater screen. In, oh, that's cool. In film school. Um, Lottie Dumb. And, <laughs> and I hadn't seen her in a movie before. Like I didn't really like. Okay. I was like, okay, people talk about her all the time. Like, what's the big deal? And then as soon as she came on the screen, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I understand it now. Like. People always talk about that. Yeah, like, she just it like factor. she absolutely. There's and no doubt. I didn't get it until yeah. I saw that movie, and I was just like, "Fuck!" She has the it factor, and like, I don't even understand yeah. what it is. She's I had the amazing. same thing uh, with Grace Kelly. Mm-hmm. I saw her in um, not Rear Window. Um, I can't even think of what it was. It's the one with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. And she like floats in with her two inch waist and that giant <laughs> skirt. And she like sits down, but it's not sitting down. It's just like, like, I don't even know. And and then like when she stands up, she's just like, she's just sitting. And then all of a sudden she's standing. It's like nothing. It's like yeah. effortless. It's like, and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And, um, I I seriously saw that and I was like, yes, I'm going to take etiquette classes. <laughs> like, and then I never did, but I I genuinely was like, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> and um, but I just something about it. Maybe maybe it's because I'm like Jello, and I was like, I I could never like she just flounces around. What the hell? Like I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm just like a jealous person, but like I just didn't. I wasn't compelled by it I don't know yeah and she this is the thing that still I question to this day yeah in breakfast at Tiffany's she goes to that guy and his name is I don't know Robert or whatever I can't remember I'm so sorry Robert I'll just say mid's probably not and then she's like Robert I don't care for that I'm gonna call you Freddie and that's just that and like is that just something that people did? <laughs> or like, and he just, that happens. And he's like, mm, okay. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I I did like the movie, but I didn't like her character. Right, her like, character is completely unlike. I love Audrey Hepburn, but I was like, fuck this character. Man. Yeah, there's like nothing redeeming and there's no arc or development. Like there's nothing. Yeah. And I... Anyway, she's just that's kind of rant. a person who just like makes selfish choices and then is like, "But I'm okay. It's all right because I'm pretty." And uh, like, I know, and I know this is like even in my sunglasses. <laughs> I know this is even more of like the same rant. But Gone with the Wind is the exact same freaking <laughs> thing. At the end of Gone with, I mean, okay, turn this off if this is a spoiler and you haven't seen Gone with the Wind of like <laughs> seven, out, like, like a million years, years ago. <laughs> but like at the end of the Gone with the Wind, she's just like. What will I do? I've just been a bitch for all my life. Now what? That's the end of a five-hour movie of her just being like, I've just been a bitch for 30 years. How will I live? Like, I don't... 
fucking know. Anyway. <laughs> um, that was a very important dance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, so that's, that's how we feel about that. <laughs> um, I read something, um, ab- about how, uh, more realistic endings were becoming more popular, maybe not exactly in straight up rom-coms, um, but that those endings were being seen more, um, more frequently mm-hmm. because, maybe people want to see reality more often or that they just want to they don't want everything to be tied up in a bow every time and I I I think there is something to be said for that that um maybe audiences are either growing up a little bit or that they just um don't want everything fed to them quite so much or maybe we're just all depressed we're so depressed (laughs) We are, where are those donuts? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, when sometimes I feel like relationship movies are people who break up and want to pour everything that went wrong about their relationship Mm -hmm. into a film. Oh my God. Speaking of which, this is not a movie that I put on my list, but you just reminded me of it. Um, I think this movie came out in 2005. And it's a rom-com that makes me cry every single time. Oh my god, lay it on me. It's called The Breakup. Have oh you my seen god, it? I hate that movie. You really? No, because, okay. Okay, so if you, you guys... Know, you're going to know why. No, go ahead, go okay, ahead. Okay, if you guys haven't seen The Breakup, it is a Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn movie. Uh, side note, fuck Vince Vaughn, I don't like him. But you don't know? That's so funny! <laughs> nothing to do with this movie (laughs) but um the essential premise of it is these two people are in a very serious relationship they are living together and they kind of impulsively break up but then are still living together and for the rest of the movie they're each kind of they're so mad at each other that they're kind of each trying to like twist the knife and get under the other person's skin um while still trying to be roommates and there's some moments of that movie that it's not necessarily that it's really funny but I just think they have there's such good moments in that movie of like oh fuck like this ending is like really getting to me or like you want them to just be like to talk to each other so bad and it's like it's not that I necessarily think it's hilarious I just think that it's like compelling I Hmm. suppose it's funny that you say that. Okay, my I've only seen it once, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I can appropriately reflect on it at this time. <laughs> um, if I was to do a one sentence of it, I would say, "Get ready for two hours of Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston screaming at each other <laughs> in an apartment." Oh my God. You will see a little bit. Of Jennifer Aniston's butt. Oh, yeah. Um, and a sweet butt it is. And a sweet butt oh. it is. She is lovely. Some Check out the morning show. Decadent buns. Um, <laughs> I think that there have been certain movies, the way you described it just now, 
Like, you have such a power over me that when you do that, I'll be like, maybe I'll watch that movie again. And I, like, hated <laughs> that hypnotic. movie. Like, I hated that movie. But what you just said, I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it again. But, like, there have been movies that I've watched and not liked and then given another chance and been like, wow, what the fuck? I really liked that. Yeah. Or I really, you know, like, didn't understand or wasn't in the right frame of mind. Like... This is totally different. Like, but I just rewatched Rogue One, which uh-huh. is the the Star Wars. Um, what do you call that? Not like not spin off, but wasn't it a prequel? Ye- no, it wasn't exactly a prequel. Now I can't remember the word because I'm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> but I I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and then I watched it, and now my opinion of it is storyline and writing wise, it's probably the better of the the latest ones yeah um so maybe maybe if i rewatched that movie i might i might think more of it in terms of like looking at it mm-hmm. with a more mature uh yeah. i can't believe that movie made you cry it does make so me cry. sad well here's the thing about this movie i think this is why i like it maybe i'm a sadist uh-huh. i'm like i'm a sucker for a well-written argument like mm. like um this is so random but if you've ever seen the mindy project so i don't think the mindy project is that great of a show but something that mindy kaling as a writer does really well is she's super great at writing um arguments in a relationship mm. so i will re-watch episodes of that show where uh mindy's character and uh her love interest danny especially in like season three they fight a lot and those arguments are so well written that i love those episodes Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know why i i really dig like a realistic sounding argument between two people like not necessarily even just in a relationship scene but just in general when characters are arguing and it's well done i like that so much more than like a romantic like lovey-dovey scene and I think the breakup does that really well because it's it's like very, I don't know, it hit home to me of the way that like it's very easy to be in a relationship with someone and like give it your all and feel like you're not getting the same thing reciprocated. And that's like mm-hmm. the whole point of the movie is that Vince Vaughn's character is like he's trying, but is he really trying as hard as he should be? And Jennifer Aniston's character is trying too much. And mm. that's like, even though they like each other, that's like the central conflict between them is that they just can't match each other. Mm-hmm. And I think Jennifer Aniston always gets me in scenes where she has to cry. I think she's a really good crier. Oh, because that. And then, uh, have you seen Bruce Almighty? I was. I literally was just yes. talking about when she cries in yes, Bruce Almighty. I scene, was just talking about that because, like I just said, watch the morning show. Oh my gosh! Yes, that scene in Bruce Almighty. Which is like, I love that movie. I love that movie but too. But it's such a stupid movie. It like, is, but I don't care. It's so stupid. But that scene where Bruce is like, like Grace is praying and Bruce goes to like watch her. Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston's like crying, like praying that she won't love him anymore. Yeah, I know. It hits hard. I know. It's that scene so is so sad. Good. Yeah. It's like one of the best acting moments I've ever seen from Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. In that fucking movie. I was like, but I know. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Oscar winning moment in a 6.3. <laughs> Dude, she might be in the running for rom-com queen. Cause she's, I, a lot. I know she could, she could she actually. Could a lot. 
It, what about Reese Witherspoon, actually, come to think of oh it? Oh, my God. Sweet I Home Alabama. I didn't even think of Reese Witherspoon. She's also on that list. She could be on that list, too. And you, oh, yeah. Who's the guy in Sweet Home Alabama? Jake? Nah, he hasn't. Josh Josh. Um, no, 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 no. But um, but him, he's been in some stuff, too. Josh Duhamel, Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that who you're thinking of? No. I've never seen Sweet Home I would home never home. forget Jake Gyllenhaal's name. <laughs> Do you have any others on your list, or should we move on to crowning our... Oh, favorite? we can move on and crown. Okay. I did want to briefly mention the movie Raising Helen. Have you seen that movie? No, I'm sorry. Dude. You can add that to my list. Raising Helen was like, for no reason, it's, it's probably not that even good of a movie, but for some reason I loved it when I was a kid. Was Nicolas Cage in that? I don't think so. Oh, well, maybe I'm thinking of Raising Arizona. It's, um... <laughs> That's it's not even movie, close. It's this movie that, um, so Kate Hudson... Her sister in this movie, like her her sister and her sister's husband die in like a car accident or something, and then she gets their kids. Okay, this sounds from like mm-hmm. I have heard of this movie. Yes, Hayden Panettiere is in it. I'm pretty sure. And ah, okay. And she's like, and, she's someone who's like never wanted to have kids, and she's like really focused on her career. And then Joan Cusack is in it. Oh, I love Joan love Cusack. Her. And Joan Cusack plays the other sister who like is a wife and mom, and like thinks that she should have gotten the kids. So like, there's like familial mm. conflict and oh, stuff. No. But I, for some reason, I always loved that movie when I was a kid, and I love Kate Hudson in rom coms. I think she can play. All different types. Yeah. And she's definitely in my running as well for yes. rom-com queen. Let's... Uh, oh, wait. I have yes. one more honorable mention. Uh, it's a goofy old school one. Have you seen Overboard with Goldie Hawn, who is Kate Hudson's Ooh, mom? I have seen... I've seen the remake. You saw the remake? How saw, was it? Was it, it bad? It sucked. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad. No offense to Anna Ferris. I, I love, love you. Anna I love Ferris. you, Anna. I love her. I was just watching um, Scary Movie last night. Oh my god! Just because so I was like putting it on movie. and falling asleep, but I, she's so funny. I in that. just watched that movie for the first time like a few months ago. Oh my god! Were you watching the first one? Yeah. Oh, they're all so I, dumb, but I love them. I had seen the second one a few times, but I had never seen the first one. The first oh god, one's the first so one's good. funny. Okay, sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, oh, Overboard. Oh yeah, so honor of a mention overboard and um, love Goldie Hawn, love Kurt Russell. Um, I can't remember if they met on that movie, but that's a cute one. And it's the the new one is uh, the gender reversal of it. So mm-hmm. in the old one, Goldie Hawn's the rich person, <laughs> and uh, she's great in that. I mean, she's like a classic, you know comedian i just love her okay sorry go ahead let's let's crown them yes okay we're going to take a brief break and then when we come back we will officially be crowning our queen and king of romantic comedies stay tuned oh, hey Shayna. yes um so now that you've been on twice to the podcast would you sponsor me Oh, I would definitely sponsor you. Oh, my God. That means so much to me. Because, like, I'm trying to get sponsors, but I feel like they need to learn how good I am at selling out. So if you could just give me, like, a random product or a topic or anything to improvise an ad for, uh, I'll make it up right here right now. Oh, totally. I'm actually trying to get a product off the ground right now. So So if you would want to maybe talk up, uh, I'm doing Legos for old people. Oh, Legos... Legos for old people. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 
My whole life, I was told that Legos are a young man's game. But not anymore. Because Duplo is putting out their new set, Legos for old people. They're bigger, they're rounder, and they're easier to put next to each other and clip them on. You see, the problem with traditional Legos is that they're so small. How are you ever going to see them? You're going to have to get a special prescription pair of glasses just to fit together these Legos. But not with Legos for old people. Not only are they, they larger and better and easier to use, they're also smoother, so you don't have to worry about stepping on them and tripping over and having to use your little life alert thing. That's just a hazard, you know? Um, not only that, but they are coming in the sets that you guys have asked for for years. Available in Birdhouse, uh, Walker, Pair of Slippers, uh, and Neighbor's Cat, who you like to leave out food for. With all of these Lego sets, not only can you creatively express yourself, you can bond with your grandkids or just any random kids from the neighborhood. You know, be that person who's, uh, who's always willing to learn new tricks, you guys. With Legos for old people, all you have to do is not even worry about going online and messing with this newfangled technology. Just go right to the store. They're available at any local grocery store or drugstore. Just go right on down to the, to the toy aisle and uh, they've got a nice little section there, right there and waiting for you. And I will mail you personally a coupon for 30% off so that you can get your discount courtesy of the Unwatchable Podcast. Legos for old people, because you can teach an old dog new tricks if the new tricks are available in Lego form. Wow. <laughs> that was fantastic. You don't think I offended any old people, right? No, no. They loved it. They're going to love it. Perfect. The letters are pouring in right now. Oh, my God. We want more. <laughs> Those are, wow, they're Whoa. coming in. I can't believe they're coming through the window. There's so many of them. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we are ready to officially crown the king and queen of rom-coms. Now, the thing about crowning the king and queen of rom-coms is I was looking at when you think of this actress or actor and you think of their body of work, what do you most associate them for? Do you associate them with romantic comedies? And uh, I, I gotta say, it was really hard to narrow down the men on this one because I feel like there's not any one guy who's in every single rom-com. Yeah, that was a tough one. I also want to point out that, like, it's fairly obvious that this is a pretty homogenous group because, in general, rom-coms tend to be geared toward, you know, uh, heterosexual relationships between white people. <laughs> um, except for, I guess, uh, with the recent popularity of Crazy Rich Asians, Aside from that, there weren't that many rom-coms that I could think of that didn't have a very homogenous cast. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a stipulation. Sorry, I'm not casting and creating rom-coms. That's just what we have to work with. Um, so who did you kind of have in your running for the king of rom-com? Okay, I definitely... Ha I had Colin Firth. 
I think he's, I mean, he was like the first person I thought of. Although I have to say, I think I might have been wrong. I think it's Matthew McConaughey. Whoa. Okay. We've de- we debated this like yeah. while we were not recording. You came in here dead set on it being Colin first. I came in. I had feelings. I was stubborn. But, but I, think, I think it's Matthew McConaughey. I think that's a good choice because while he has done things outside of romantic comedies, I feel like he really got his foot in the door like for a long period I just, of I his career. He, yeah, I think he had a rom-coms. couple solid romantic comedy years where like maybe you don't straight think of him like as the romantic comedy guy now, but mm-hmm. if you go back a few years he was hitting romantic comedy after romantic oh, yeah. comedy. He was in um, Failure to Launch. Oh, yeah. What was it? What were some of his other films? Failure to Launch, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, The Wedding Planner. Uh, he was even in an episode of Sex in the City. That show is one big rom-com. It's, so that counts. <laughs> okay, so you're throwing in... Uh, Wait, did I say The Wedding Planner? Yes. Oh, I did? Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. I agree. He's good looking. He has a drawl, like a weird voice. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got that kind of like, I'm effortlessly fun. <laughs> I don't have a good Matthew McConaughey, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you want to do, do, you wanna do uh, Matthew McConaughey's? I'll try again. Uh, oh, fuck. Now I have to think of what he sounds like. The only way I can get into his voice is if I go, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I'll do one. But I also like doing a... I've been driving a Lincoln since uh, Lincoln's were a thing. Since Lincoln was president, I've been driving a Lincoln. Okay, let me do. Be a lot cooler if you did. Was that bad? (laughs) I think that was better than mine. Mine just sounded like someone who was falling asleep. (laughs) Okay, who's your rom-com king? Ooh, okay. So this is weird, but when I was thinking of rom-com people, my mind went to Patrick Dempsey. Oh! Because he was in Maid of Honor. He did Enchanted. Dang, Grey's Anatomy even. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that... I'm going to throw in Grey's Anatomy too there in terms of like (laughs) heartthrobbing. Yeah. I um, I think what I like about him is that he can very easily play, like, the best friend character, or he can play, like, the, I'm, like, I'm too logical for my own good. I'm hmm. kind of, I'm almost cold in a way, but I'm still attractive. But now that I think about it, because you came in and you were dead set on yours, and you changed to Matthew McConaughey, and now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like one of the kings of rom-coms, whether or not I like them... Hmm? For a long period of time, was Vince Vaughn? Hmm. Because he was like kicking it in the early two thousands. Does Wedding Crashers count? I was yeah, that counts. counts. That counts. He did that. He did the breakup. Yeah. He was like a leading man in a lot of stuff. It's really hard to pick a. But you know, I said Hugh Grant and Richard Gere, and they at least get honorable mention. That's true. I think. Here's what we should do, since we can't narrow down the king. We should each take a second to really think about it, and then on the count of three, okay. we'll both say who we think it should be at the same time, and if we say it correctly, that's who we'll crown. Okay. 
I'm just gonna look at it. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait. All right. Okay, guys. This is for. This is for the title. This is for the crown. This is everything we've been waiting for. The king of rom coms. One, two, three. Hugh Grant. Richard Gre- oh, <laughs> I was going to say Richard Gere. Oh, I almost said Richard Gere. <laughs> okay, we will make this a tie between Hugh Grant and Richard Gere for the official. You got king Notting of Hill, rom-com. and did you ever see uh, Nine Months? Yes, so oh, I've seen Nine Months. I, you know what? As I was thinking, I thought of that movie. That's why I said Hugh mm-hmm. Grant. Okay, you know what? I think that just pushed him over the edge. So we're going to name it right here, right now. The official king of rom-coms from the Unwatchable Podcast. <laughs> so you know that this is the official score, you guys. Hugh Grant. Give dun, it up. Dun, 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 dun. Yay, Hugh Grant. Okay. All right. And now, the more important of the, the two. The most important. Of course. Save for last, of course. The queen yes. of romantic comedies. Yes. We mentioned briefly Sandra Bullock's in the mm. running, Reese mm. Witherspoon. Oh, yes. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. I said Kate Hudson. I'd like to throw Nicole Kidman in there just because I feel like she gets a bad rap and she can True. be very cute and charming, too. Absolutely. Is there anyone we might be leaving out? Oh, Jennifer Garner. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say her. her, even though what, even though she. Oh, and of course we cannot forget. Well, I'm leaving out the person I'm gonna I'm gonna put the crown on, so I'm not. Saying oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm just not. Saying then that. I think I know who you, yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Okay, who do you think is the? My queen is would be Meg Ryan, the classic. Oh, yeah. See, I thought you were gonna say Drew Barrymore. Oh, I love her, awesome. but I can't crown her. You're, you're crowning Meg Ryan. Yeah, she would. She's my princess. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's little princess. Drew Barrymore, love you. <laughs> Can you auto do that? <laughs> every time you're on here, you ask me to like put in a special effect, and every time I try so hard and I can't do it. <laughs> I'll just have so to take, I'll take some singing lessons after I take <laughs> etiquette lessons. Okay, well, I can concede that Drew Barrymore is the princess of rom She's so cute, and I can't do an impression of her. And you know who does a great impression of her is um, Heidi Gardner on SNL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, how, every time I think, like, how do you do an impression of that person? And then someone will get it, and I'll be like, how'd they lock on to, like, what I can't grasp? Um, but, yeah, Drew Barrymore is so cute. Uh, but I really have to say I think it's Meg Ryan just because... She was sleepless in Seattle. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different thing. She was sleepless in Seattle. She's Harry Met Sally. And then she's, then then she's, you've got mail. Um, True. I mean, those are all straight up, like. Classic. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Ed. (laughs) Um, I was considering my queen of rom-coms. To be Kate Hudson. That, that, you know what? That is such a good one, too, though. Because my reasoning is that Kate Hudson can not only play, like, the sweetheart darling role, but she can also play, like, the bitchy friend or, like, the bitchy girlfriend role. And she's so funny and so pretty. Yeah. yeah and I so think, versatile. I think she could cover all of the different tropes, really. And I feel like maybe as she ages... She could be, like, the bitchy mother-in-law in a movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think she's old enough to do that yet, but I think, like, when she gets a little older, she could definitely pull that off. Mm-hmm. So I see her as being versatile for all of those tropes. Mm. Oh, Kate and Leopold. Meg Ryan. Sorry, going mm-hmm. back. But, um, yeah, you know what? That's a really good one. I really like that one. All right. And I, I liked How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, yeah. I thought she was so cute in that. Okay, so should we do our... 
on the count of three. Let's take a moment. <clears throat> this is for the title belt. This is for championship. This is the pinnacle of rom-coms. Our rom-com champion. One, two, three. Kate, Kate Hudson. Hudson. Ayo! I'm sorry, Meg. I know. I'm sorry, Drew. You know what, though? I think if Meg Ryan had played, like, multiple types of parts in rom-coms, I would have definitely gone Did, for Been her. a little bit more varied in her... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. It is That's very smart. T- it was a lot tougher to, like, pick a standout female just because there's so many, like, really talented actresses who have been in rom-coms. And, like, have made that trope, like, their bitch. <laughs> but I feel like as far as, like, male leads go, it's kind of harder to pin down. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a lot of male actors have just used it as, like, a stepping stone to do, like... Oh, definitely. Like, oh, I'll do one or two rom-coms and then I'll be, like, an action Get noticed for, yeah. like, my abs and then get yeah. a better agent and go. Yeah, but for sure. I feel like uh, lead actresses really embrace the rom-com thing. And they're like, fuck yeah, I'll just I'll do rom-coms until the day I die. And I'll mm-hmm. fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's why it was, that's why it was hard to pin down. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for talking about rom coms with me. Of course, anytime. This is amazing. Um, we're not done yet, folks. We're gonna we're gonna still chat a little bit, but I'm really glad that you came on for the Valentine's Day episode. Yay! Happy course. Valentine's Day, girl. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to you. Um, before we go, I had to ask you something that I've started to ask. Most of my guests, if I can remember. I want to do it to all of my guests, but I forget sometimes. Uh, I asked if you could bring in um, your three movies that you would choose to take with you if you were going to be stranded on a deserted island. Um, And you're also allowed to bring one full television series. Okay. Um, So, oh man, I, I, I guess... I had a hard time choosing between Parks and Rec and 30 Rock. Um, I suppose if I had to look back, I guess Parks and Rec might have more episodes. Do you know? So Parks and Rec had 125 episodes because it had a shortened first season. And 30 Rock, very close, had 138. I'll take 30 Rock then. (laughs) Those are the two... TV shows that when they were over, I genuinely was like, I miss these people. Yeah. Like, I miss being with these people, if that doesn't sound so pathetic. Like, I just, like, I love those shows. They're so funny, and they're so endearing, and they're so clever. The writing is so good. Oh, man, but I love, oh, that's so tough. Those are great choices. Those are both, like, two of my all-time favorite sitcoms. I really want to start re-watching 30 Rock, actually. So good. Um, Yeah, those are great. Uh, 30 Rock, um, shows like that with just, like, great ensemble cast, like, even, um, I know I'm going on a tangent, but, like, Futurama was another one where, like, I've seen the episode just over mm-hmm. and over again where you're like, I just like being with these people. I yeah. know that sounds crazy. Um, and then my movies, um, have you ever seen The Fall 2006? No. Okay, that is an amazing movie. It's If you are listening out there, please, please watch this movie. It is... Um, an Indian epic fairy tale, basically. Uh, it takes place in... No, I'm just staring off in the distance, sorry. It takes place in a 
hospital in the, I want to say like early 30s maybe, the 30s, and it's a tale between a young girl and a stuntman, a Hollywood stuntman, and he tells her, he is, he is telling her a fairy tale to pass the time and the worlds between his tale and the real world begin to merge. Mm-hmm. And that's, it is so beautiful. And it is, it's, I can't even believe it had such a hard time getting distribution in the United States. And if you like Spike Jones, he actually picked up this, he helped it get distribution in the United States. And he like, I can't say, it's it's just beautiful. I, like if you were, you said, oh, maybe I'll watch this tonight about another movie. I actually highly su- suggest you watch The Fall. It's it's just, <laughs> it's so lovely. Um, and then my other one, for me, Dark Knight Rises <laughs> uh, with uh, Anne Hathaway. Because I was just going to basically choose a, like a Christian Bale movie. I love Christian Bale. And I, I really like that one. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people say that they would choose a different one of the, of, out of the trilogy for the for the Batman ones, but I really like that one, the one that that um, Anne Hathaway is Catwoman in because I feel like that one has the best story of the the class struggle. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, there's this one scene where they're dancing, like she's the you know she's at that party and she's just stolen like the pearl necklace, and then <laughs> she comes down and she's in the party and she's like. She has this great line. I wish I could say it verbatim because it's so great. But she says, you know, one of someday you're gonna wonder how you could have st- stood so high on the sho- on our shoulders. And it's just like this great scene, and I th- I feel like that scene elevates that movie to the top for mm-hmm. me. So that's my that's my pick. Christopher Nolan is awesome, and honestly, I. Even if I ever do go on to make movies, I I don't think I could ever tell a story so out of order that he's able to do. Um, and then my other one, which is going to be so, so different, but you got to mix it up. You can't always watch the same thing all the time. would be like <laughs> uh, something along lines of like either like a goofy movie, Hercules or Aladdin, because those Ooh. are like my top Disney movies. So mm-hmm. something like a one of those. I actually just watched the goofy movie. Probably a goofy movie. I love that one. Or maybe Hercules. Hercules. Eh, Hercules. I'll say Hercules. So those are my those are mine. Okay. Do you do a list or do you just make your guess? So uh, last time I had someone on here and they asked me what mine was and I could not think of it, so I'll probably cut out that part because it was all over the place. Yeah. I'll drop one of my Desert Island movies. Okay. Um. So the last time someone was on here, I said I wasn't positive on what my other ones would be, but I would definitely choose Hot Rod. Oh my god! So I don't know if you've seen that's so Hot Rod. I've seen part of it. <laughs> so I'm like slowly compiling this list. Yeah. So last time I chose Hot Rod, I'm not sure what my other two movies are, but I'm pretty positive that for my television series, I think I would have to go with Animaniacs. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> because not only is it like funny, and I love the characters. But I would really need, like, some comedic music in my life if I was stranded on an island. I'm a sucker for 
comedy in musical form. Yeah. And Animaniacs has some amazing songs. So I think I would have to choose the entirety of Animaniacs if I was going to choose a TV series. That would be good. So. Yeah. Okay, wait, I thought of another one. Can I have a fourth Desert Island one? Fine. Um, the but... third Indiana Jones. Which is that the 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 Nazi goblet? one. Yeah. I like that one. Is that the goblet? What is the name of that one? Uh, now that you asked me, I can't think. <coughs> this is so stupid. Indiana Jones and the... Oh my god, what is wrong with me? I've, I've said... <laughs> I remember my mom calling it Indiana Jones and the Goblet of Fire, but I know it's not that. No, it's because you said Goblet and, the Holy and, now Grail. I, and the Holy Grail, yeah. The Holy Grail one I can't believe good. the word Goblet threw me off to the point that I couldn't even speak English. <laughs> Bless you. I'm going to sneeze, oh my god. Ah, no, okay, I didn't sneeze. Pickle. <laughs> one time I was about to sneeze, my friend was like, pickle, 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 and I was like, what the- and I couldn't sneeze for like two hours after that. <laughs> I didn't sneeze for the rest of my life. I haven't sneezed sneeze? for seven years. <laughs> All um, right. Was there anything else you wanted to add? I love you. <gasps> oh my God. Will you be my Valentine? Yes. Ah! <laughs> I still feel like I'm going to sneeze. Oh my God. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have a sneeze that lingers for the rest of the recording. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well. Thank you so much for coming on and celebrating Valentine's Day with me. Thank you so much for having this me on. This was so fun. It's always the best. Um, on a self-promotional note, you guys, I actually have a stand-up show coming up on February 29th if you want to come down and see me. It's at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank in their YooHoo room at 5 p.m. Uh, February 29th, which is Leap Day. So you guys should definitely celebrate leap day by coming and seeing me doing stand-up and if you're gonna be there you can text me and i'll save you a seat next to me yay because shana's my number one fan and she sees everything i do and i'm really loud during shows so i'll be embarrassing (laughs) and you can sit right in the front row so i'll pick on you i'm always stuck in the first row oh my god every time i go see zach i break my neck looking (laughs) (laughs) up anytime you guys go to a stand-up show and you sit in the front just know the comedians will pick on you if they do crowd work (laughs) it's just a rule i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i will see you guys next time on unwatchable